It's Tuesday, March 17th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, voters are heading to the polls, but how do you vote when COVID-19 is spreading? Well, in some states, you don't. We'll explain. Then, the head of the American Red Cross has a pro tip for how you can help others. And finally, a new way to see the world's greatest works of art from the comfort of your couch. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. There have been over 5,000 reported infections of COVID-19 in the U.S., and at least 75 people have died. As the government continues to push social distancing and find ways to help the economy, we got a bunch of news this afternoon. Uber and Lyft announced they're suspending their carpool options to keep people from sitting too close together in a car. Meanwhile, in an effort to stimulate the economy, the Trump administration says they want to send checks to Americans who need money over the next two weeks. TBD on whether that proposal will become a reality. But when it comes to the 2020 presidential election, the show must go on. It's 2020 Tuesday, and this week we're focusing on how do you vote during a pandemic? Depending on what state you live in, the answer is maybe you don't. Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio were supposed to hold their primaries today. 577 delegates were up for grabs, representing about a seventh of all primary delegates. So it was supposed to be another Big Tuesday primary. Until last night, when Ohio said, we're sitting this one out for now. Here's Ohio's Secretary of State, Frank LaRose. My direction is that we will hold in-person voting, have an election day on uh, June 2nd. That decision to postpone voting at the polls in favor of social distancing didn't come without a bit of drama. Ohio's Governor Mike DeWine started saying yesterday afternoon that he thought the state should postpone today's primary. But when he went to the courts to ask about it, the judge said, that's not happening. So the state government decided to go around that judge and declare a statewide health emergency because DeWine said holding the election would go against federal guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We cannot conduct this election tomorrow, the in-person voting for 13 hours tomorrow um, and conform to these guidelines. This morning, Ohio Supreme Court backed the decision to delay the primary election. But Arizona, Florida, and Illinois are still rocking the vote today. Sure, with all the PSAs about social distancing and avoiding large gatherings, holding an election day might feel a little weird. But election officials in those states promise they took extra precautions to keep voting machines clean. So we're keeping an eye on these results, because even with the COVID-19 news, they're still pretty important. You see, two of the states voting today, Arizona and Florida, are home to big Latinx communities, communities that Democratic candidates running hope to mobilize. Luckily, a knight in shining armor is here to help. Last week, former presidential candidate Mike Bloomberg said he's donating $500,000 to a group that helps register young Latinx voters. Since the last election, about 4 million Latinx people became eligible voters, so this get-out-the-vote effort could end up becoming a game-changer. On top of that, Arizona and Florida are also now considered swing states, which means it'll be important to see how the candidates do there today, since those states will be the ones to watch in November. So voter turnout is key, but this year, COVID-19 is screwing everything up. 
primaries already tend to be low turnout races. And according to NPR, Polk County, Florida's top election official says she's expecting about half of the voters she was originally expecting to get for the primary. COVID-19 has changed the race in other ways too. Louisiana and Georgia had already decided to push the pause button on their presidential primaries thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. And now Kentucky and Maryland have postponed their primaries too. Meanwhile, both Biden and Sanders have canceled their campaign events and are resorting to virtual campaign rallies and town halls to extend voter outreach. If you want to learn more about the candidates and issues at play during the 2020 race, head on over to theskim.com election. You may have gotten a text this weekend that freaked you out. Maybe it was a screenshot from a friend of a friend of a friend who says they work at some government agency and that a national lockdown is coming. That text message got so much pickup that President Trump was actually asked about it yesterday. Are you considering instituting a nationwide lockdown, a nationwide quarantine? Uh, the NSC knocked that down, but there's still some questions about how it all came At this be. point, not uh, nationwide. Those texts were a hoax, by the way. But even though Trump says, not yet, we are starting to see local officials do a version of that throughout the country. What we are asking for everyone to do is to remain at home for all but the most essential outings for your safety and the safety of those around you. That's San Francisco Mayor London Breed announcing a shelter-in-place order that went into effect at midnight, the strictest rules we've seen in the U.S. so far. It's not technically called a lockdown because it's not explicitly forbidding people from leaving home without permission. And in other ways, life will go on. Essential government services like our police, our fire, our transit and sanitation will continue. What won't continue? Nightlife. Bars and gyms are closed and restaurants will only be open for takeout. San Francisco County is one of seven counties in the Bay Area that announced an order like that. In all, that means about 7 million people are supposed to stay home for the next three weeks. Local authorities are giving people time to adjust to the new rules before they start hitting them with fines and or jail time for breaking them. This isn't the first time local officials in the U.S. have taken measures like this. New Rochelle, a suburb of New York City, kind of led the way here last week when a one-mile area of the city was declared a containment zone. New York's governor ordered that schools and houses of worship would have to shut down for two weeks to keep the largest cluster of cases so far from spreading. So even though we've seen towns and local officials take action to keep this from spreading, we're also seeing some confusion over who is supposed to make the calls here. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis has been calling on Floridians to stay home and practice social distancing. But yesterday, local reporters captured video of swarms of people on the beach in Clearwater. After originally saying it was up to local officials to close the beaches, he said today that anyone enjoying a day out on the sand would have to follow CDC guidelines and do so in groups of 10 people or less. Meanwhile, governors are turning to the federal government for help tracking down supplies for healthcare workers. But when President Trump hopped on a conference call with some of those governors yesterday, he said states had to figure that out for themselves. Respirators, ventilators, all of the equipment, try getting it yourself. So, like we said, don't let those texts fool you. There's no national lockdown, at least not yet. 
but we are starting to see local officials take action to promote social distancing, and in some cases, enforce it. In the meantime, for the most up-to-date and accurate information, check out cdc.gov. These days, COVID-19 can feel like the only news story. And it might be easy to think it's the only major health problem in the U.S., too. But that's far from reality. Just because we're all practicing social distancing doesn't mean people aren't going to have babies or won't need to receive emergency treatment after an accident. And hospitals are asking people to please donate blood. Wait a second. We're all being told to hunker down at home and not go outside? And especially to not go to hospitals? And now you want us to venture out and donate blood? To be sure, we phoned a friend who really knows what she's talking about. My name is Gail McGovern, and I have the privilege of being the president and CEO of the American Red Cross. And Gail has a message about why giving blood can't wait. It is so important to donate blood now because we are watching blood drives get canceled. And the reason they're getting canceled is because we usually collect blood at places like colleges and universities and businesses, and they, as everybody knows, are closing down and canceling these drives. And we've already closed down 2,700 blood drives, and that equates to about 86,000 units of blood. And it is absolutely essential for hospitals to have blood. Okay, got it. But given everything that's going on and the fact that we're being told to stay home, how is it possibly safe to do this now? So first of all, these are not mass gatherings. We are practicing social distancing and we are making those blood drives as safe as we possibly can. First of all, when a blood donor presents themselves, we're taking their temperature. We are making sure that the blood donor uses hand sanitizer before, during, and after the donation. Our staff are taking their own temperature. Our staff okay, that's reassuring. So what can we do to help? If you're healthy and you are so disposed, you go to a blood drive, you donate blood, and believe me, you will feel so good that you save somebody's life that will elevate your mood. In other words, donating blood right now can be a win-win. For more on how you can help, head on over to redcross.org to schedule an appointment to donate and to find out other ways to support your community. We've left a link in our show notes. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact about things to do while you're stuck at home. Let's face it, we're all getting used to a new way of living. And for a lot of people, that means canceling trips, taking care of loved ones, and staying at home. But who says you have to stop experiencing new things? Enter virtual tourism. Google and a ton of museums have sites featuring online tours and digital exhibitions, including the Met, the Louvre, and the Palace of Versailles. To see for yourself, head on over to your favorite museum's webpage or to artsandculture.google.com. And feel free to let your inner art student run wild, just digitally. Thank you. 
And that's all for Skim This. Also, remember, we want to know how you're finding ways to help others during this time. So call us and leave us a voicemail to tell us. 646-461-6370. And a big thanks to those of you who have already called. Don't forget, if you aren't signed up yet for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, you can do so on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 